Welcome to I Got Gas, a podcast about a millennial and her grandpa. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Ernest. We come from the same roots, but our family tree is big and loud. No matter what the generation, we always have a great time with laughs, tears, and amazing conversations. Now we're going to share some of those conversations with you. That's right. Being born in Memphis, Tennessee during the 1950s is a whole different world than being born in the 1990s. One thing that's the same is our love for travel, food, and family peace. Welcome back to another episode of I Got Gas. Hi, Grandpa. Hi. Where are you at? Yeah, I am. What's up, Doc? No, where are you? Are you at the house? Yeah, I'm at the house. <laughs> the regular studio. Yeah, I know. I haven't been there in a long time. <laughs> How's, uh, did you have a good um, couple of days at, with Aunt Shirley for her birthday? Yeah, I had a real good time. I had a good time. Yeah. Too much pasta. But, you know. Where did you guys go? Olive Garden. Did you say Olive Garden? Yeah, I said Olive Garden. Oh. Olive Garden. If <laughs> <laughs> you hear a new voice, um, we've got a guest in the house, my Uncle Trey. Hello, hello. We went out of order. Sorry. But now we're, we've got everybody. Did I jump the remember we had we had Mom on, and then we, we had to skip over to Shanita, but now we're back. So Trey's the middle child of you, Grandpa. Yeah. Well, and your only son. He's the man in the middle. <laughs> That's true. Um, and and Trey is also your namesake. Yep, that's a Roger. So Trey's Ernest the third, and then Trey's only kid, e, only son EJ, is the fourth. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's cool. I want to be a like a a a third. Okay. Well, just gotta From make this it. day on, you're a third. <laughs> well, I am a, I'm a junior, but that's Honestly, about it. Because you're named after your grandmother. Mm-hmm. I am a junior. EJ was almost not the fourth, though. I debated on that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you bringing that up, saying that was that maybe there might not be a possibility. But we're happy that we were able to keep that on. Um, so today we're going to talk about, we got a little bit to talk about. Maja's been setting everything up. Thanks to Maja for getting everything organized. we got a lot of technology going on today. Yeah. Trey, where are you right now? I'm in the office at the house where I do my homework and everything else. <laughs> Work from home. I live in this little and room. And you live in, you live not, you live somewhere else in North Carolina. Where are you? I'm in Garner. Garner, North Carolina. Near, near Raleigh. It's a suburb town of Raleigh, North Carolina, in the Triangle. For those who may not be familiar with this area, well, I like Garner though. It's been it's nice to visit. Hey, it's not much here. <laughs> you guys have got some nice little shopping complexes. It's growing. I will say that it's growing by leaps and bounds. It seems like every other week you find a new neighborhood sprouting up somewhere. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Especially because you guys are kind of like in yeah. the, look like you guys are in the middle of nowhere, but you're not in the middle of nowhere anymore. Mm-mm. The traffic will definitely tell you that. Yeah, I had. Just when we went to go get Aria, me and Maisha, like, we're trying to, like, swap and get Aria. And the traffic from Shanita's house to Fayetteville was so bad. I was like, just meet me at Trey and Shonda's because the traffic, because there's it's only, like, four lanes for, like, two lanes for a long time. It was awful. It can be daunting. Yes. You have to take a lot of patience. Yeah. I, I Well, I definitely know about traffic, so I won't be 
too picky. But oh, yeah. You know, LA Especially being LA, LA traffic was terrible. Yeah, this is Well, nothing. you guys got to experience <laughs> that, though, when you guys came to visit. You guys got to see how bad it is. Yeah, y'all can have it. <laughs> <laughs> y'all can keep it. Grandpa, did you like the traffic in L.A.? Uh, it wasn't bad. I was kind of surprised. It wasn't as heavy as I thought it would be. You all still came on a holiday weekend. Yeah, that's true. Too. So that, like, a lot of people leave. It was more on the uh, highway to L.A. than it was in L.A. to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The trip from, well, actually, it was worse going back to Vegas. If you remember. Yeah, it was. Remember we saw on the other side, it was like just a parking lot for like 15 miles on that interstate. Yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. so glad I'm not sitting in that. Yeah. I see that a lot. Um, okay, let's get to our first segment, popcorn. Grandpa has been itching to get to these Mike and Ikes. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh. You. You like Mike and Ike's pops? <laughs> yeah, I like them. <laughs> Ooh. They are one of my favorite candies. Um, so Trey contributed Mike and Ike's. Yay. Uh, Grandpa, did you contribute pistachios or did you pick the pistachios too, Trey? I did both. My two favorite snacks. Okay. Well, two of my favorite snacks, I should say. You go ahead, Grandpa, because you're the one that's been waiting. What do you want to eat first? Candy. <laughs> as if, as if you had to ask Vanessa. <laughs> I know. You know your grandpa has a sweet tooth. Well, he gave it. He gave it to all of us, really. I haven't had Mike and Ike's in a long time. This is movie candy. Okay, so Mike and Ike's. There's cherry, lemon, strawberry. I can't go much ASMR on this one. It's sticky. Ooh, it's sweet. Oh yeah, this should just said sugar flavor. Mm-hmm. This is sugar. Oh, it's literally just sugar. It's what? Yeah, sugar? but it's multi-flavored. <laughs> I'm looking at the, the label. It's sugar and corn syrup. Mm-hmm. And then preservatives flavoring. And then carnauba wax to make it kind of that chewy flavor. Mm. Hmm. Probably dust it with some more sugar before you put it in the bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, the confectioner's glaze is what makes it was the coating on top. Mm-hmm. It's sugar. Oh, no. Too sweet for you? Almost so far, it's almost sour. It almost kind of tastes like a Sour Patch Kid. Mm, it's good though. Close without that sour coating they have on those. That's sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With citric acid. Mm, it's sweet. What flavor do you like the most though? I love the yellow and orange ones. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I like the lime ones. It's crazy because I feel like a little kid when I eat them because I always pick, I always save the yellow and orange for last. <laughs> Yeah, right. he just looks at me like I'm crazy. What flavor do you like, Grandpa? Uh, let's put it this way. I say the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say he likes candy, so he probably dumps them in his mouth. It's just a, it's just a combination of flavors, <laughs> like popcorn. Where did that come from, Grandpa? Why do you like candy so much? I don't know. It just come with the territory. <laughs> well, just because you said you didn't eat a lot of candy growing up, so I wonder what like what changed. I think that was only because I didn't have it. <laughs> okay. But so, like, when you got it, you just kept eating it and you haven't stopped. Just went crazy. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's eat the pistachios. I got a pistachio snack mix. I'm going to pick the pistachios out of this. No. Don't eat the shell. Uh, no. I don't have any Why? shells That's in disgusting. mine. Who would eat the shell of pistachio? I don't know. How can you? They're very hard. Yeah, and you probably cut yourself too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're very, like they're very hard. I've seen it. 
No, you've probably seen them with mm-hmm. sound flower seeds, but not pistachios. Yeah. No. I've seen it. Well. Weirdos. Whoever that person was, they're strange. Yeah. And I feel bad for their gastrointestinal system. Mm-hmm. Look at some good ASMR on this one. Mm-hmm. I love these. They're so good. This snack mix is great. I've got cashews, almonds, and pistachios. So. Oh, you went fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no. This is the cheapest bag. It's only seven bucks. The other bag is like fifteen. The, a bag of pistachios would be more expensive. Yeah, because they also throw in some walnuts in there to make it cheaper. You know. I usually get them in bulk. From I buy them from the the big the big stores, the warehouse club stores, mm-hmm. and get them in bulk. But walnut walnuts hard to come by now. No. No. You love walnuts, Grandpa. Don't see them at, as, as often as I used to. We gotta go to the bookstores, Grandpa. Bookstore for walnuts. I'm saying you go to a bookstore for walnut. That's a first. No bulk, B U L K. Oh, the bulk source. Oh yeah. Oh. yeah those- they don't sell them on the shelves as much anymore. No, they don't. These are delicious, though. I forgot how sweet pistachios are. Sweet. Mm-hmm. They're not sweet. They definitely have They're tasty. They definitely have sweet tones, like cashews. Like you know, cashews are kind of sweet. Hmm. I can see that a little bit. I never really thought of it as sweet, but now that I think about it, you kind of can taste it when you bite into mm-hmm. it. It's like salty and then sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it like, tastes good as ice cream, like, you know, pistachio ice cream and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You know what's really weird? I don't even eat that many that much pistachio ice cream, though I love pistachios. I love pistachio ice cream. I love anything pistachio flavored. Starbucks, yeah. pista- uh, Starbucks had a pistachio latte. It wasn't that bad, but it needed... They needed more concentration of pistachio. Or whatever recipe they used wasn't concentrated enough. Anyway. Okay, Grandpa. You got your snack. Do you feel better? Yeah, of course. <laughs> You're still <laughs> snacking. That's why. You no longer hangry, Dad. <laughs> so, let's go to our sunny report. Today, we're talking about sports and stars, sports stars, stars, celebrities, legends of the sporting arena. This looks like most of these are, Masha, like, Masha, um, conjured this list, and I think most of them are football, but you guys watch football more than anything, I think, or do you watch basketball more? What do you think? For me, definitely football. I think you guys watch a lot of football, so that's where I've been trying to study first, because I'm not really... Sports savvy, which is kind of <laughs> weird for the parishes because everyone in the parish family is sports savvy, but me. And I tell people, I just, I tell people all the time, like it's not like I didn't sit there and watch the games with you guys. Yeah, I was there. I was very present. I just never was able to absorb it. Well, you know, you had your mind, your mind on uh, baking. I had my <laughs> mind on the halftime. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for the halftime shows. <laughs> and, the, and whoever sang the national anthems. <laughs> yeah. You were there for the performances outside of the performance. What performance? What performance outside of the performance? What performance were they there for? The performance, the national anthem and the halftime show. Those yeah, but what other performances are there? The game is a performance. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that is why they're there. I guess it is an entertainment source, yeah? Absolutely. Billion, billion dollar industry. I know. They're going to be started 
Trey used to play football, though. A little bit. I thought it was a lot of bit. I'm sorry? I thought it was a lot of bit. Well, I mean, I did. I played, no, growing up in high school, all the way up to my, I didn't play my senior year, but I played all the way up to my senior year. Oh, really? Why did you play your senior year? Um, I decided to work and buy me a car. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 I had a different priority. <laughs> but it's cool. I still love the game. Mm-hmm. I actually missed it my senior year because when you play and then you're not playing and you watch all your friends out there, you really miss it. Yeah. You know? Well, especially when you also like earned your spot too, right? Like, because really do a lot of things for the seniors. Yeah, I mean, but that's usually at the end of the season. But it's just the fact that, you know, the camaraderie of being out there with the guys that you hang out with and stuff like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just so different watch, watching it from the stands when you are used to being on the field and being a part of the action. It's so dirty. Dirty? Oh, that's part of the fun. The messier the better. Playing in rain. In Germany, we were playing in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> The, it's just so like there's so much in dirt Texas involved. And dust. Oh, yeah, dust bowls. <laughs> so I mean, well, but not now you're a football coach for UJ's team. One of them, yep. And you guys have been doing really well this season. Yeah, well, yeah. Last season we did do good. Um, we, we kind of felt we got gypped in our championship game where we couldn't go to the Pop Warner playoffs, but you know it was what it was <laughs> we yeah. did get invited um a couple teams from charlotte invited us to play them in what they call like little bowl games for teams that don't make the playoff runs for pop warner and um the kids the guys the kids they really enjoyed that the boys uh they showed out i don't think they're going to invite us back <laughs> oh wow they dominated oh yeah it wasn't even close it was, we went down there and one team didn't score at all it's like 33 to 0 and then the next game, it was 42 to 6. Wow. Yeah, we were, they were beating them so bad, they just let the clock run. Come <laughs> <laughs> I wear the game in faster. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, it's, 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 different. It's, it's so much fun coaching little the little kids because it's like, number one, you remember when you were their age playing, you know, and trying to learn the game. And then you're trying to pass that knowledge on to them. And in the way where, you know, you impart what they need to do, how they need to do it so they don't hurt themselves. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it is football. It's a contact sport, you know, but there's a way to do it where you don't come out of there, you know, with serious injury. You try to reduce that. And, you know, you're dealing with kids. So sometimes they listen and sometimes they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but when they don't listen and they get knocked around and they fall on their butt and they get up crying, like, see, that's why I told you you're supposed to do this in those situations. <laughs> So you don't run into those problems, you know, but, um, but it was fun. It, it was, it was really fun to be out there. And then, you know, I got to coach my kid. Yeah. He didn't like that that much, but <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Matter of fact, he even asked me, he, he asked me for this year because I'm about to sign him up because they're about to, um, um, I'm about to start working him out to get him mm-hmm. conditioning for this mm-hmm. fall. And he's like, dad, are you going to coach again? And I'm like, why? He's like, because I, I think I'll do better if you're not my coach. <laughs> oh, he's got anxiety. Like, won't be I don't know how to so take much that. pressure. <laughs> but you're the coach, so, you know, being the coach's yeah. son has definitely got to have another pressure. Yeah, it's got to add pressure. Yeah. I think he puts the pressure on himself. Yeah. Well, I think all the he, kids do that if they got yeah. their parents out there. You know, or, they want to do well for their parent. Yeah. Because I remember, you know, during practice and stuff, 
and even during the game, I wouldn't even have to point out things to EJ he did that he did wrong. When he knew he made a mistake, he would come to me like, Dad, I missed that block because this, this, that, and the other. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, now that you know what you did, you did it wrong, don't do it again. Go back out there. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa, did you, did you coach Trey? No, I didn't coach. At, at least not on the field. <laughs> if from, no. From the bleachers. <laughs> yeah. He, he coached from the sidelines and mom screamed. Get I was going to say, if anyone, yeah, if, anyone, if anyone would coach out of you two, it would be grandma. And sometimes, and she had me doing the cheers with the cheerleaders. <laughs> oh, yeah. H-E-S-T-L-E, hustle. She did not like it when the cheerleaders were, like, not active and boring. She would be like, come on, y'all. Y'all need to do this and this. And she'd get down there. She'd try, try to cheer in front of them. And I'm like, Mom, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she likes the full sport of entertainment. She wants yeah. everyone to be, she wants the band to be banding. She wants the cheering to be cheering, you know? Yeah. Especially, you know, when you're dealing with close games and you want to get the crowds hyped and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she, she gets into it, you know? She really does, but you know, you know, you know her demeanor and personality. Yeah, she's, she's lively anyway. So. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, if, I, if anybody was gonna be coaching you, it'd probably be her. Yeah. So, Major said that you should. You guys kind of worked on this list of players, so we're gonna start with Walter Payton, who's currently playing for the Chicago Bears. Uh, not currently, he's passed retired. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, he's he he used to play for Chicago Bears. Sweet okay, one of the best running backs to ever do it. But there's two Paytons. Who's the other Payton? Is there two Paytons? Not as a last name. I don't know. Is there another Payton? Or am I thinking Peyton Manning? I'm about to say you're probably referring to Peyton Manning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's also okay. retired. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of because he's he's still playing right now because I see him on commercials all the time. No, well, he's not playing anymore, but. He's still alive. But he's doing a lot of commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Walter Payton has passed? Yes, he died of um, cancer to his liver, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, very unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Such a soft-spoken guy. They actually have um, the Man of the Year Award um, that the NFL gives out for charity work and stuff is actually named in his honor. Yeah. The Walter Payton Man of the Year. I don't see that the Madden guy is on this list. Well, Madden didn't play long. He was just a great coach. Oh, okay. Why did they name the the game after him then? Well, because he's a, he he's like um, how can I put it? He's a student of the game, so his analysis. Actually, the game is more so for his analytics and and analysis when he became when he retired from coaching mm. and became a. You know, one of the sideline reporters and uh, announcers for the games. Yeah, one of the commentators, and he just oh, you know, one of the commentators. He was yeah, just a ball of entertainment, just to right. the knowledge of the game and how he would explain everything you know that's going on, you know, how certain plays developed and should have developed, and what people did wrong. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. going to school, but in a fun way, watching football games with him because he just he broke everything down, and then he was very charismatic. You know. Mm. So, you know, he was like, this guy doing it and then boom. <laughs> yeah. so that's how you hit somebody. Now, back in the day, it's just, it was just fun to watch and fun to listen to him. Okay. Oh, great. He was, he was, yeah. he was, a, he was entertaining, just as knowledgeable about the sport. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very knowledgeable. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Jim Parker, Raymond Berry of the Baltimore Colts. All right. Now, that's before me. <laughs> Who's that, Grandpa? Jim Parker? I don't recall his name. Raymond Berry. Raymond Berry. Yeah, I remember him. I don't forgot who he played. Well, they're on, they play for the Baltimore Colts. Yeah, I didn't follow the Baltimore Colts. And now they're no longer Baltimore. They're Indianapolis. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they're like, I guess they were big timers at the back of that time, huh? Actually, I think they were linemen. Actually, Dad, good guess. I just pulled him up. Jim Parker was an American professional football player who's an offensive tackling guard from 1957 to 1967. Yeah, that's a long time ago. From Ohio State <laughs> University. Wow, you were only 17, Dad, when he retired. So yeah, that's yeah. really good for you to remember him. Yeah. Big dude. Accidents happen. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good memory. <laughs> you have a good memory, Grandpa. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Selection, but it's good. What's your, what's your name? <laughs> okay, um, Otto Graham from the Cleveland Browns. You remember that name, Grandpa? Say it again. Otto Graham. Yeah, I remember that name. Uh, so who, who's been your favorite? Who's been your favorite player of all time? Oh, you know, my favorite is everybody else's, like Jim Brown. Johnny Unitas. Do they all play the same team? Yeah. Johnny Unitas didn't play for Cleveland. No, no, not saying. I thought she said game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I only play football, but they're all different teams. Yeah. So when you're creating, like, your your, um, your fantasy league, you can pick people from different from different teams, right? Yeah, you you've got to fill. You've got to fill. You've got to yeah. You've got to fill your position board, right? Right. Okay. So, explain to me how you um, switch people out because you have to trade them, right? Well, there's a lot of that. So, I'm pretty sure Dad doesn't play fantasy football. <laughs> no, I don't. Know. I think he'd be good at it, though. Well, one thing about it, you have to follow the game because. You need to know, you know, who is good at what position. Right. You know, um, all the and, positions. And you need to know them at certain play. levels. Because yeah. depending on their performance, you're scoring differently. Like for yards, yards gain on rushing, receiving, number of catches, touchdowns thrown, et cetera, et cetera. So all that factors in. And when you're building your roster, you're picking about maybe 20-something players so that you have backups, you know, for – in case of injury, um, maybe one of your guys is not, you know, for whatever reason isn't performing like they should. You want to swap them out. And then, of course, NFL has a bye week where they get a week off. So you have to have somebody to, to sub in then, too. And then the great thing about fantasy football also is it's like a regular league because you can trade your players with other teams who are in your fantasy league. You know, say somebody wants a player on your team, you know, let's make a deal. You know, who are you going to give me and for them? And then you make your trade. And, of course, it's the goal at the end of the year is to score enough points to get into the playoffs and ultimately win your fantasy football league. I mean, it's become a serious business because, I mean, it's everything from kids in high school 
offices having pools mm-hmm. to people gambling on the internet and making money that way. With, that is know. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it but has that, really blown up. Would this up. kind of be like playing cards back in Grandpa's day? What? Like trading cards. Like, you know when you guys used to trade yeah. playing cards? Yeah, we have. Would it be like that? Kind of the same concept. You know, you'd have you'd have a, the playing card of your favorite player. And if some one of your friends had another guy, you know, say you had a Jim Brown and he was coming in towards the end of his career, and then you get an Eric Dickerson card, and somebody's like, ooh, I'll trade you this Jim Brown for that Eric Dickerson. Now, obviously, you probably wouldn't do that, but I'm just trying to give an example. Um, they would do that. You know, kids used to trade, trade baseball cards, football cards, basketball cards all the time. Okay, we got some other people. Joe Montana, Marcus Allen. Who are those people? That's more trades out. Okay. These are Steelers people. Right. No, no, no. San Francisco. Montana played for San Francisco 49ers. Marcus Allen played for the Raiders. Um, and I think he also played for the 49ers, too, if I'm not mistaken. Major Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs as well. Well, that, that's who Montana ended up with right before he retired. Oh, okay. Marcus Allen is from the Steelers, though. No. Oh. Marcus Allen did not play for the Steelers. Nasha. <laughs> Mel Blount. Mayor Blunt. Blunt. He played for the Steelers. Uh, I believe so. Yes. That's your but favorite that's a team. A long time ago. You're a Steelers fan. Oh yeah, I mean, he was before my time. Oh, okay. Um, Grandpa, who's your favorite team? Team. Yeah. Um, started off being uh, Minnesota, uh, not Minnesota, but Memphis Titans. No, now, but Minnesota. I you did like Minnesota. Yeah, I liked Minnesota for a long time till they lost four Super Bowls. I gave them up. <laughs> <laughs> the Purple People Eaters. They had a bunch of best defenses back then. Yeah, they did. I just, my favorite team is the Panthers because I don't know anything else enough to make an educated team dedication. So I just made a dedication based off of region. And I know Aunt Shirley is a Cowboys fan, which has been oh quite God. detrimental to the family. Please don't get her started on the Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys have the worst fan base. <laughs> and I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack for saying it, but they are so annoying. <laughs> Every year they're going to win the Super Bowl, and they haven't been back to the Super Bowl in like 20 years. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I think it was 95 was the last time they were in the Super Bowl. Well, I know the Patriots fans are kind of annoying because they keep going to the Super Bowl. Whose fans? Patriots. Well, yeah, but they're recent. You know, Tom Brady was the best thing that ever happened to him, them and him and his coach, Bill Belichick. But, you know. Let's talk about Tom Brady for a second because I actually know who you're talking about. Um, so Tom Brady, he's like a super healthy guy. I listened to him talk on multiple podcast occasions. He's pretty smart. Um, he's married to one of the most famous women in the world. So good for him. Um, and someone was making a joke. Because, you know, he announced his retirement and, then, like, pretty much took it back, like, the same week, right? You know, he waited about a month. <laughs> he waited a month? Okay. But I remember people were saying that he went home and then his kids were like, no, we don't want you here. Go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I, I honestly think the way his season ended last year, being the competitive person that he is, it didn't sit well with him. And he kind of wants a do-over. You know, I don't – and plus he always said that he wanted to play until he was 45, which I think is this year because he's like a month or two older than I am. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, for what that man has done, love, love or hate the Patriots and now Tampa Bay, you can't argue with success. I mean, he's been phenomenal. No, he can't do it. He's been a thorn in my Steelers' side, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I honestly think we might even have a couple more Super Bowls if it wasn't for him because those Patriots teams were just something else. Well, yeah. he just throw, he throws the ball, right? That's basically like yes, his he's goal. Yes, he's He's like he throws the ball. He's supposed to protect the quarterback. That's the whole point of the game, right? It's a big part of it. Okay. You, know, you don't want your quarterback getting hurt. And he don't right. like to get hit, so <laughs> Yeah. But um yeah, I've just heard a lot of things about him in general. Um, I've also heard some things about Antonio Brown. Ah, uh, yes, Antonio Brown. <laughs> What's, wrong with, what, What's wrong with him? I see your face. Well, I would say this. Antonio Brown is a phenomenal athlete, a phenomenal receiver. I think Antonio Brown's problem was Antonio Brown got in Antonio Brown's way. Mm. He's very charismatic, very flamboyant, um, and he's not – I mean, I I guess when you're at that level and you're performing like he does, and he did, you have to have a a certain cockiness about you. Mm. Um, But the thing about him is when he's on the football field – he backs up everything he says. I mean, he, the dude was a phenomenal receiver, is a phenomenal receiver. But okay. there's a lot of baggage that tends to come with him. And when teams have taken a chance with him, they've been burned. I mean, he was with the Steelers for seven years. And then there, that relationship soured and the, he was traded to the Raiders. And the Raiders signed him to a big contract which he never even fulfilled because he didn't even play one regular season game with them before mm. that relationship soured. Yeah. You know, so he's got a, he's got a bad attitude. It's a combination of things, I think. It's kind of like Cam Newton. He sounds like like when you were talking about him, it sounds kind of like almost like a Cam Newton trajectory too, right? Mm, no, they're different. People, a lot of people think Cam Newton is very arrogant and con- but I think Cam Newton's just very confident in himself. But it's a different skill set. I mean. Cam Newton's a quarterback. He's a very tall, large quarterback. I mean, he's a large man. Cam Newton's like the size of some linebackers. And um, his style of play, when he first came into the league, he did very well. I mean, he was an MVP one year. I think the year they went to the Super Bowl, he was the MVP of the of the league. Okay. Um, but his skills, his skill set, kind of diminished because of injury. Um, he takes a, he took a lot of punishment yeah. because he got hit a lot. And I think some of it is because he's so tall and so big. Like, the NFL now, it seems like if you breathe on a quarterback, they're throwing a flag. But when you're a mobile quarterback who runs the ball a lot and you're going to get hit, uh, some hits that they would call, throw a penalty on for other quarterbacks, mm-hmm. he didn't get a lot of those calls. You know, late hits, um, hits that are high or low to his legs. You know, so he got beat up a lot. Um, and he's not the only one. There's other quarterbacks that have been in the same situation because of the style they play, you know, that sometimes they didn't get the benefit of the flag that other quarterbacks would. 
um, okay. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Sometimes you think if you if they just run by and their hands out and they tap their helmet, they're throwing a 15 yard penalty, yeah. <laughs> you know, protect the brand. But, um, okay, but have you, you seen know. some big differences from the time you saw football in the NFL and stuff to now? A big difference is the, the rules change a lot. <clears throat> I think they're getting to be too, um, too careful, take away some of the fun in the game. Yeah, I remember saying that one time, like, because of all the cameras and the playbacks and things like that, because they're trying to be so litigious almost that it's not fun. Yeah. Well, it's it's more of a controlled aggression now. You know, I mean, football is a violent sport, period. I mean, you have these giant-sized men, you know, running at each other full speed, and it's a full-contact sport. And where, you know, like, back in my dad's day where they did everything and anything it seemed like but the shelf life of those players were really short a lot of mm. injuries a lot of broken bones people missing teeth you know and the technology was different now too so and then you have the whole issue with concussions now it's mm-hmm. a really big thing with football yeah. because of the damage that's done to individuals and in their brains mm-hmm. you know so the rules have had to change um, to make the game safer, mm-hmm. but still keep it fun. Um, and I don't, I don't knock the rule changes because obviously it's allowed for um, the players to basically have little, have little longer careers. Um, yeah, I mean, because a lot, they get a lot of money for a very short period of time, and then they have to like that's it. It's like come on, they spend years of their lives working for this career and then they only get a very short period of time to actually do it. Yeah. I, I think like the average NFL career is only like four or five which is, years, which is a long Tops. time because they're basically spending almost 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. getting ready for it. Yeah. Right. And then you only get a quarter of that a life back playing the sport professionally. So then like, well, then what do you do? Right. Then you have to like find things to do for the rest of your well, life. You also got to think that's the average career. You know, if you're lucky, you're there for like seven to eight years. If you're really blessed, you're mm-hmm. 10 years plus, you know, it, you have a very long career, but those, those careers are life changing, you know, and, in, and in some situations they're generational changing for families, you know, because of the amount of money that they are able to make. And you know, I hear a lot of people that like criticize the amount of money that professional athletes make. And I, I, I remember having a conversation with Autumn because she's like, he signed a $230 million contract. She's like, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, but understand something. If they're giving him $230 million, what? they're probably making about five times that much off of it. That is crazy. <laughs> you yeah. know, because these are billionaire owners. They're not giving away cash, you know, so it's it's an investment like anything else. They're, they're getting their money's worth most yeah. of the time, you know, and if they don't, that's when they look at you know, cutting people off and things of that nature. But plus, they have um, to pay taxes just like everybody else. Well, depending on what state you're in, <laughs> yeah, you might have federal, but you don't have state. You know, right? A lot of a lot of players love to play in Dallas and Houston right now because Texas doesn't have state income tax. I don't think Florida you know? does either. Now I think about it, Florida doesn't either. So it's kind of is a good pivot to joint pain. I 
was thinking about like sports injuries because those are obviously have been a big conversation in football. You know, football players that don't, you know, are not on the starting line that go broke because they don't have the big salaries that the big players have. And then also like the top players you guys have been talking about, most of those are white guys. Mm. Was you know well you're talking about like um Peyton you know Walt Peyton um sorry Peyton Manning uh Madden uh Tom Brady you know what I mean I I think it's more pos- position driven okay than anything and like I'll say like quarterbacks have predominantly been white men you know um for the longest time that's all you ever saw was a white guy as a quarterback why is that however uh I mean combination of you know perception they didn't think we could be able to do it. The game was too complex, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously they're wrong because some very successful quarterbacks in the league now are not white. And the way the game is changing, especially with the speed and athleticism, it, you have very athletic um, black quarterbacks that can do the things like throw the ball accurately and things of that nature who have become very successful and they're paying a lot of money, you know. You have the Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Wilsons, Lamar Jackson, who's about to make a lot of money yeah. whenever he signs his next contract, um, things of that nature. So the quarterback position is the highest paid position because it's considered the most important position on the field because if you don't have a good quarterback, you're not going to score points. Your offense isn't going to go anywhere, you know. So you need to have somebody there that can – prove their mettle and it's also considered to be a leader because that position is also considered a leadership position so they help if they have that tangible as well you know but it's not the only one that's that's paid yeah. i mean you got receivers that make 100 million dollars now yeah. <laughs> you know it's just the, the money's there um but it's just the game itself is changing because of the rules and how people are coming out and playing the game you know so it's it, it's very the NFL is slow to adapt at times, but when they see something that works, they call it a copycat league. Because if a team says, "Okay, we have this black quarterback that's out there," you know, like Warren Moon when he first started, he didn't get drafted into the NFL. He had to go right. the Canadian league route, right? You know, because they didn't think he was good enough. And he goes to the Canadian league and starts winning these these Canadian league championships, which I think they call the Great Cup. Then they're like, "Hey, this kid can really play." You know, the rest was history. Yeah, I've seen that. A lot of people end up, if they can't play for the NFL, they end up going to different countries and things like that so they can still play the sport. Um, but I don't know. Something about, that, this is, something about that sounds weird to me. And tell me if I'm wrong. But, like, there's a lot. Of, I don't know. I've only seen the game a handful of times compared to YouTube. But I just feel like there's a lot. I, I see a lot of brown people on the field. But then you talk about, like, the leader and, like, the most important team player is not one of those people traditionally and then like the trading of the sport and like the owners like i know there's been a lot of conversations about like the back end stuff but like how much of that do you guys think is actually like legitimate a lot of it (laughs) it's legitimate i mean we got to remember where we are you know this nation isn't always a nation of fair and equal opportunity just being real it hasn't been and that just doesn't transcend in sports, it transcends in everyday life. Yes, like you know. So, you know, um, one thing that the NFL did a while back, um, actually, the owner of the Steelers had a rule named after them, the the Rooney Rule, where basically because you had such a such very few, so very few African American 
coaches, head coaches out there. They weren't given the opportunity to interview. So they put this rule out there that whenever there was an opening, they had to interview a minority client, mm-hmm. uh, candidate, I should say, for the for the position. Um, and I think the, the rule in itself is based in a good place. Um, however, it became like a box check. So they, 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 they're going to have to tweak it. Yeah, so it's wasting people's time. Because even now, they're still complaining about how many African-American head coaches out there. I mean, you're talking about a league that's probably 70% black. Yeah. yeah. But yet, of the head coaches, I think last year they may have had three mm. or four yeah. tops, you know. And that's not 70% of a 32-team league. Um, and when you look at ownership, there are zero black owners. So that's another thing that has to be addressed. You know, we want to try to get minority ownership, not, not on a, um, small scale, but as, as the principal owner of a team, Right. you don't have that in the NFL. And there's people out there that are, are looking and trying to make bids on them. But I think if I'm not mistaken, the way the NFL does it, uh, the current owners kind of have to agree or mm. vote on new ownership that comes into the league. Right. So, you know, you have to get past that part as well. Um, but I would really hope that in the very near future, we'll have a black NFL owner. Um, Magic Johnson was, was uh, throwing his hat in to buy the Denver Broncos, but that team recently sold to, I think an heir of the Walmart brand or something like that. I forgot the guy's name. Mm. Um, but then there's other teams that the, are rumored about being up for sale sometime in the near future. So I'm kind of hoping that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of wealthy black people out there that, that are billionaires. Um, Cause it takes that, it takes that billionaire money to own a professional league. So if yeah. you don't have it, you have to have a group that is, but um, I kind of, I really w- would love to see it. Um, not just from an, uh, an optic standpoint, but, you know, I think it would be good for the league, um, for it to happen. What do you think, grandpa? I mean, there's a lot of conversations about ownership and all, you know, even Kaepernick, you know, they're going in and out, in and out, in and out about him. What, what do you think is, is a thing that you've seen from top to bottom that you think would help them with this issue? Well, I think that um, it's still going to be a long time coming, even though I, I read articles about uh, people considering. I think um, Tyler Perry, I've been thinking about it. One of the comedians um, thinking about, you know, going in with someone. But all things fair, I, uh, like, as Trey was talking about, we have to have uh, uh, representation because, you know, if you look at the player, the player pool, the, you know, that about 70% are black or uh, of a color. Yeah, we need that representation in the, in the coaching and the ownership. Ownership is going to be harder than coaching, I think. Uh, so, you know, it's sometimes you feel like um, the system is set up to stay white, you know. So, well, I mean, it was, right? I mean, they're called owners. Like, what are you owning? You know what I mean? Like, well, it's, it's, not, weird. I think it's a business. Because you, it's, a, it's a business, and you have to have a lot of money. 
Yeah, I get it. But a I mean, like, a lot of these guys have been, uh, uh, you know, banking a lot of money for a long time, even before they even uh, got into the business of football, uh, sports. And so, you know, it was it's another it was another adventure for them, another uh, business transaction. So, you know, you wonder, you know, are the are the owners really into sports other than right. money? Other than the money, like and, they're uh, you know they're paying uh, a lot is, of is people for, for enjoyment. Is it for uh, for the sport to continue to exist? Right. Or is it just to you know pad their pockets? Cash even in, more? right? You know, and so. there's a lot of people at stake. I mean, we're talking about like people that are giving their little bodies to this sport. Yeah, know? and it's it's more to it's more to the sports, the professional sports, than the team. Mm. You know, they, they get involved. They got to build new stadiums. All the people they have to hire, you know, for the concession stands and all that stuff and commercials, you know, the, the awards. I mean, it's a, it, yeah, it's a, it's a huge impact. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's almost a global yeah, it's economic, economic impact. impact. Economic impact if it, you know, if, it, if anything uh, folks. Yeah, like even in Los Angeles, when they're building that new stadium in Inglewood, there was a lot of protesting about it because they were the you know Inglewood is a predominantly historically black neighborhood that have people that have been there you know since the early nineties, the nineteen hundreds, and they were offering them Trump change to sell their houses, but it was more money than they had probably ever seen in their lifetime. So you know these are elderly people that they took the money. You know, yeah, um, but they're also pushing people out of those neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, and I think you have a lot of that. I mean, when you're talking about things like that, stadium building, and just big business in general in this country, you know, it's it's not always clean, mm-hmm. um, and it's unfortunate because you know they're going to take advantage where they can take advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and though you know there is a positive to having professional sports in your city and stuff like that. You know, it does, does, it does bring some, some negatives as well. Um, I mean, like if you look at the, now the Las Vegas Raiders, Mm -hmm. you know, they were last in Oakland and in order for them to stay in Oakland, they said, look, we wanted a stadium on such and such scale, et cetera, et cetera. But they could not, they could not make it happen. There's no space in Oakland. Like if they looked at Oakland, there is no space in Oakland. Well, to make the stadium that was going to be where the current one is. They're just going to demolish it and build it on that spot. But the city and the community, um, they couldn't. They couldn't agree upon how much they would input into the cost of the new stadium. And that's where a lot of people, um, or some people, I should say, I can't say a lot. I can't speak for everybody. Don't understand it you know, the impact on the communities because they raise in taxes on mm-hmm. property taxes, hotel taxes and luxury taxes, things of that nature to generate this money to contribute into building the stadium because the teams don't foot the whole bill. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a lot of times the, the, community the community out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it raises, it raises concern. So if you're being civically minded and looking out for the residents, you know, you're trying to make sure that the city gets the best deal for what they're going to do for that particular sports franchise. Now, again, yeah. granted, if that if the Las Vegas Raiders has stayed in Oakland, they built a brand new stadium. It's going to benefit Oakland. You know, it might not yeah. be today, but it it might 
take a while, but when you get another 20 years of a professional team in your backyard, that's going to be revenue generated. However, you know, what's the immediate impact? Um, and then you got a city like Vegas and they're sitting on money. <laughs> they were just waiting. Yeah. Damn. I mean, cause I mean, I mean, even like the city of Oakland is already getting priced out, you know, the black people and things like that in Oakland are already getting pushed out because of the high prices, because they've got Silicon Valley around their door. So can you imagine they've got Silicon Valley to your left, they've got this new big team kind of rehabilitate them to their right. They would get, they would get squandered. Well, and, and, and you have that in, I mean, that's happening, unfortunately, all across this country. It is. Where um, yeah. areas where there's a lot of growth, the, the cost of housing is skyrocketing, mm-hmm. you know, and people who are in what used to be middle class that could afford these homes and stuff are no longer really able to afford to buy. Right. You know, because the cost of housing has gone up. So they're, they're being forced to rent and things of that nature. You know, and home ownership is a very big part of building wealth mm-hmm. for not just for yourself, but for your family, because you no know, homes can be passed down. Right. And they do appreciate and value things of that nature. Um, but this this isn't a sports problem. That's just a, a, a problem. American problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, but I mean, thinking of a sports problem, though, yeah. like it spills over into sports, though. It, yeah, I mean, always has. it always has. And I think even like saying that, like even talking about Kaepernick, like Kaepernick wasn't just a sports problem, right? He was making uh, an, a bigger problem just on a sports stage, right? I don't like the word problem when it comes to Kaepernick because he wasn't a problem. No, no, no. He was, I, I, no, 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 I'm saying he's, he was he highlighting was, he the was bigger issue on a sports stage. Yeah, yeah. He was using his yeah. platform to, to bring obviously some well-needed attention to a problem in this country, you know? Right, right. Um, you know, and, and it was exploited, actually. Yeah, yeah he was. I, I, I really yeah. believe that. I do not like how the NFL handled that whole situation because even when they, it, it, and it, it took like a lot of things in this country that happened in 2020, the death of George Floyd for them to really, so okay, we need to get behind this social movement that's going on because right. you know that's when you started seeing the Black Lives Matter painted on the field and being change, uh, um, being a league for change, and them investing dollars into nonprofits to and, and com- inner city communities, things of that nature. You know, they started changing their branding, but yet this man still didn't have a job. Well, it's so annoying, right? Because they're only doing it for optics. That's it's very obviously performative to the point where you had, you know, seventy percent of your, like you said, seventy percent of the league is black men, and you're not even you're threatening for them not to support their own culture with their income, with their livelihood, because of this. You know what I mean? Because they're locked into these contracts. Well, and but see, and I think that's where. I feel the players need to leverage their power because you think about it. If you have a company and 70% of your workforce walked away, what's going to happen? Right. Are you going to still be able to stay in business? You know, I think they're afraid though. Right. Because there's a lot of people that would be willing to take that job. They'd be willing to take that spot. Yeah. But this is not your ordinary job and you're not going to have the same, you're not going to have the same product. You know, it's not going to be the same product that you're putting out there. And that's why, you know, 
like back in the day, players they held a strike when they didn't when they didn't have the types of contracts that felt they earned. They went on strike. Yeah, they brought in replacement players, but the game wasn't the same, and mm. the NFL suffered because of it. Um, but again, it's it's a business, you know, and businesses all over this country have always done things for optics, you know, because they want. They don't want to hurt their brand. They don't want to hurt their name. They don't want to hurt their reputation. So right. that's nothing new. Um, it's just, I think when you're dealing with sports, it's up in your face because you see it you so see it often. So much. You know, it's right there. And you can see that, okay, are they really, do they really, really care? Well, you know, yeah. there's an old saying, you could tell yeah. what people care about by looking where they put their money. Crap, have you ever, have, have there been any other points in, in history of sports that you've seen political adjacent movements? Mm, tennis. Mm. Involving uh, mostly women. Althea Gibson. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Billie Jean King mm-hmm. uh, uh, started pushing uh, women in tennis more because of the underpayment that they were getting. Of course, that kind of spilled over into basketball, women's basketball, women's soccer. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I kind of wonder, you know, um, about um, the, the, the black uh, experience as far as uh, professional sports are concerned. Uh, because of the nature of our country, uh, as far as paying its workers, you know, um, women have, have have always been underpaid, and I and I do believe uh, uh, blacks and are, are, are people of color have been underpaid. There's always, um, in my opinion, uh, investigations going on to make sure that you know everybody's being equally paid, equally represented. But um, it's a problem that that's not going to be solved anytime soon. And sometimes I feel like um, the blacks that make a lot of money and it's broadcast uh, mm-hmm. are actually being uh, uh, used as uh, figureheads that you mm-hmm. know, everybody's getting paid an equal amount and they're not. Well, I think that's why a lot of like black families like want their kids to get into sports. They want their kids to go to, like, you know, they realize that their kids are going to be built a certain way. They're like, oh, basketball scholarship. Yeah, oh, football scholarship. The, the magic word know. is making millions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, you know, not not hundreds and thousands, but they're making millions and it's going to change the whole, the entire family's income and mm-hmm. way of life. And it's really deceptive when you look at the, uh, the, the number of people, say in professional football, you know, you, you're talking maybe a hundred thousand people that's involved in professional football, that professional basketball. That's very generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, the, but the money is not spread out equally. Right. E- even though the person might be fifty times more um, uh, uh, talented, mm-hmm. you know, than than his counterpart on the white side, you know, he still doesn't make that kind of money unless he shows himself out on the field. But as in football, the linemen are just as important as a quarterback. And the the defense is just as important as, as the quarterback. 
you know, because uh, it's a game. Everybody has to play together. Everyone, it's a team sport. It's so a I, team that's why sport. we were saying that. Yeah. I was like, it's really interesting that they're paying people differently when well, the, the, the point yeah, of the, but the you don't, game you is You don't want to pay work. everybody the exact it, same. It's about your impact. Though. But it is an impact. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's about how you impact the game also. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because you have offensive linemen who have been very, very, who are very good and have, and, and trust me, they have all the analytics in the world as far as number of missed tackles and sacks. They've given up things of that nature. But if you're an offensive lineman who's proven that you can protect your quarterback's blind side, then, you know, you're going to get it paid better than an offensive lineman who may have, may not be as good as that. Or, or defensive lineman, like right now, Aaron Donald just signed a contract, you know, after the Super Bowl, he recently signed his extension for $95 million over three years. But (laughs) his impact on the field for his team is very valuable to them. Yeah. Because they felt that, hey, we don't win the Super Bowl without him. You know, so, I mean, it's it's give and take to all that. I I think that too many people, there's nothing wrong with liking sports and playing sports and wanting to be a professional athlete. I'd say there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to be realistic as far as what it takes to get there. You know, these guys literally have lived this sport since they were little kids little kids it's been all they've done all they've trained they put everything into it and even then there's no guarantee because if you look at the number there's only 32 teams in the the league Mm -hmm. and nfl teams carry a a 63-man roster Hmm. you know so you take those numbers versus how many colleges are there out there yeah and colleges carry probably an 80 to 100 per kid roster. You know, so how many people are trying to get into us, get into this league? If you look at the NBA, NBA, they carry a 15, a 12 to 15 person roster. Wow. It's smaller. But it's, it's way smaller. And they only have two, they only have two rounds in their draft. You know, so how many kids are out there dribbling the basketball thinking they're going to get to the NBA? Mm. And the chances of you going is almost, is very, very slim. Yeah. You know, so um, I don't think you should ever bank on being a professional athlete because it's it's really just a lot of luck and good fortune that gets you there, as well as the talent, obviously. Yeah. But there are a lot of talented guys who could probably play in a league who never get there. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, could be an injury. You know, could have hurt themselves, and you know, could be access now, to opportunity. Like yeah. you know, they never got noticed. You know, yeah. and now. You know, these sport with with the way the media and everything is, sport is international, mm-hmm. especially basketball. Oh yeah, they're looking for they're looking for everybody. Especially now. basketball, they getting mm-hmm. they're getting them from everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so now now you you're taking your pool and even making it even larger. Yeah, to pull from, and so you know, um, it's not it's nothing they should ever really uh, bank on or consider going to happen. Um, anybody I think who makes it into any professional sports league is a blessed individual because it's hard to get there. You mm. know? Um, yeah. <clears throat> and there's so many who don't, and that's yeah. why education and everything else becomes just, just as important because important. you may be good. You may be talented, but are you really that good? Yeah. <laughs> are you really that talented? Right. Yeah. You know? Um, and then 
on top of that, can are you that committed? Because mm. the level of commitment that it takes to to get there, to make it there, and then to stay there and be relevant. You know, a whole lot of people get in the league and they don't make, they don't last two to three years. Yeah, you know, they can't so handle it. It's 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 not an easy thing. Huh. Um, to, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to maintain. So. Well, I think this is a good segue into bubble wrap. Pop it. Bubble wrap. <laughs> bubble wrap. <laughs> uh, so it's our segment where we talk about the pop culture of the topic. So, um, Super Bowls highlights. Sorry, um, what what was your favorite Super Bowl? What was a memorable Ooh. one where you're like, this was the best game of my life? <laughs> Any Super Bowl the Steelers won. <laughs> what about you, Grandpa? Was there like a play oh, or man, a no. game that was like, that's incredible? No, I, I, don't, I don't know if I ever had a best game. I have one. Because <laughs> I, really, I just enjoy a good game. Yeah. Know, and I, and, and, uh, I, I don't like blowaways. <laughs> you know, I get my money. You like the drama. Huh? You like the drama of it, you know? Yeah. A close, yeah, a close yeah. game is, is fun to watch. There's yeah, no bias. Yeah. I my highlights I, are um, when Beyonce comes on to the Super Bowl halftime. <laughs> she's been there a couple of times. Only headline once, but she's... she's been there twice. Yeah. Her headline, I don't remember what year it was, but she headlined, I should know what year it was. I want to say 2008. That's what pranks out to me. Um, I think it was the year Single Ladies came out. Maybe that was 2008. Um, they made her face the stage. And that was my favorite part. That's what you that her, her Her face, like, because they did, like, a full Zoom. And I was like, oh, my God, that's her head. It's the stage. <laughs> and then, of course, she did the feature with Coldplay and Bruno Mars. But no one remembers that they were there. Well, that was a phenomenal halftime show. It was a great halftime performance. But that was also 2016 when she came out as the Black Panthers. And she's... Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were upset about that because she and her the dancers were all dressed like Black Panthers, um, because that was when she made that really big political statement. Yeah, yeah. Um, Beyonce headline was 2012. Thank you, Misha. Um, Misha said the last Super Bowl Steelers win was 2009. It was. So it was a while ago. Too long get, for me. Too long ago. Um, what was your favorite <laughs> Super Bowl? Do you remember anything from the Super Bowls, Grandpa? Is there anything that stands out for you? Well, the commercials, yeah, I guess you always. Oh, yeah, the commercials. Commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I got to the point where uh, halftime was a time to take a quick nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, I, I mean, this, the game would last six, seven hours, you darling. I mean, you know, I just couldn't. Not the game, but the, the, the festivities, you know, would last a long time. Well, I was in the Super Bowl being around your birthday. Yeah, it is. It's usually, yeah. it's usually yeah. the second weekend in February. Yeah, so usually depending time. around your birthday, I think we usually sometimes make your birthday like a big Super Bowl slash birthday party. Uh, our birthday didn't have anything to do with it. but <laughs> <laughs> It just gives us a reason to grill and eat long. It gives us a yeah, reason. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, probably had more, more food than we would have normally had, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, you I know, this year they me, announced that Pepsi is not going to be part of this halftime show anymore. Pepsi's not. not. 
Yeah, they're that they're done. So they're gonna, I guess, announce who the new halftime uh, sponsor is. Um, uh, Budweiser now something like that too. Well, Budweiser is gonna be a part of it now. They're not gonna be as much as they used to be. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, what are you saying, Trey? Oh no, I was gonna say, you know, for me, you know, I I'm a Steelers fan. I think when it comes to Super Bowls, I'd like to see when the memorable moments, like when records are broken, um, things of that nature, because they tend to stand out um, or good good comebacks. Like the um, Super Bowl where Tom Brady and um, the Patriots, I can't believe I'm saying this as a Steelers fan, but when the Patriots came back on the Atlanta Falcons, you know, I thought that game was over at halftime, but yet they came back in the second half and ended up winning that game in overtime. That, yeah. to me, was a good game, you know, um, because it was very memorable about what happened. Uh, and what year? Was that recent, like in the last five years? Uh, Yeah, it was yeah. in the last five years. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that was the last Super Bowl he won with the Patriots, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I think, and for me, I think it it, it not even been the last Super Bowl that the Steelers won. There was a record broken in that one. James mm. Harrison returned a interception for a hundred yards, and you, know, you got this defensive lineman running a hundred yards down the field. That's a funny sight. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's an outside linebacker, so he's not like huge, but he's very—he's not a small guy. Yeah, yeah. He rumbled down there, and in the end, dove in because he needed a lot of oxygen afterwards. <laughs> but again, it's record breaking. No, those things yeah. are memorable. Yeah. So that's the stuff I like. I like to watch it when it's. Something occurs that that stands out. Yeah, you have to have that. You know, otherwise, it's just another football game. Yeah, can't stand the boring uh, ones. Something's got to stand out. When the Chiefs got oh, blown Major, out, by the- Major said Doritos are taking over. By the way, they're taking over the Super Bowl. Doritos, which makes sense because they're, they're. Wait a minute, but doesn't Pepsi own Doritos? Yeah. Oh, I do. so I mean, okay, you're changing the name, but the company's still doing it. So that's kind of like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Pepsi. Yeah. We're on to you. Yeah, does because Pepsi like Frito Lay owns Doritos, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, and because I they're the Pepsi Frito- owned Frito Lay. No, I don't right. think Pepsi owns Frito Lay. Do they? I think Google, Pepsi Google. owns. Google. Yeah, I don't know about uh, Doritos. I don't know. I don't know who owns the Doritos. Um, so it's funny you mentioned the Atlanta Falcons game because I have someone I know that um. Uh, she's like vehemently against the Falcons. I don't, I think any team that is playing the Falcons, she's going to root for that team. <laughs> and that game, the Falcons were going to win, right? They, everyone was expecting them to win. Oh yeah, win. they were whooping up on them. And they lost. She has a, um, a banner that says like Atlanta Falcons, like that has the, 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 the Super Bowl year with the score. And she put, she puts it up every year for the Super Bowl, and I remember this because this year she like said like Happy Fifth Birthday or something like that <laughs> to commemorate the time the Falcons lost. And she yeah. like she talks about it all the time about like that was the best day of her life, and that she got a banner like to commemorate it <laughs> because she doesn't like the Falcons. Yes. That's some serious. That's some serious dislike there. But yeah, she she literally got a custom banner made to post to hang up in her house every Super Bowl to commemorate that loss. Yeah, I I think football fans are some of the craziest fans because they do some of the weirdest things, especially for teams that they dislike. Yeah, you know it's 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 funny to me. That's hilarious. Well, um, by the way, Pepsi does own Frito Lay. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, they are a subsidiary of Pepsi. 
my goodness. Okay. Well, there's that. Um, Okay, Grandpa, let's move on to Word Up. Word Up! Oh, okay. Um, Job 25, the fifth and the sixth verse. God is glorious that even the moon and the stars are less than nothing as compared to him. How much less is man who is but a worm in his sight? Job here is questioning uh, or stating that um, uh, God, uh, he loves all of his creation. And he even says over in, in the New Testament, that's an Old Testament scripture, but he says in the New Testament, uh, that everything he makes is good, therefore call nothing, don't call anything good for nothing. In other words, everything has a purpose, has a value. And if you look at the worm, a lot of people think the worms are only good, good enough for fishing. But the worm uh, fertilizes the earth. It's in the ground. It eats plants, digests plants. Therefore, the waste uh, fertilizes the uh, the ground and so the plants uh, the roots and system uh, gets all this nourishment from actually the worms um, uh, waste job was was feeling so bad because if you know the story of job the devil took all that he had and except his life and uh, god restored everything to him but in his despair um Job said that the, the and the vastness of God, if you look at the universe, the, the stars, the planets, the moon, all these things uh, are actually small in God's sight. Nevertheless, who is man that God is mindful of him? For man is, is like a worm compared to all the other things that God has created. Yet man is the most important organism uh, that that God uh, has created for God created uh, man in his own image but that man is important everything that God has made is important so uh, when we're out there living among people and talking to people careful what we say about them because everybody is is good enough in God's sight to be here, to have been made, to have been created, to have been given a purpose in life, and that everybody uh, should be given that opportunity to fulfill their purpose in life as given by God. Uh, And they have that right to seek that purpose in life uh, that uh, they might feel uh, fulfilled and and, uh, and important. So don't call anybody good for nothing because they are good for something. Whether they're ex- exercising their purpose or not doesn't matter. What matters is that God created them for a reason, for a purpose, and it's for his glory and for his honor. So look at everybody differently and not with hatred, but with love mercy and grace i like that yeah i do too it's actually very comforting you know <laughs> very comforting. yeah i mean especially nowadays where people are so stressed and feeling down you know that 
you can use that as uh, reassurance to them. Yeah. To let them know that they are special. They are and they, special. Are, and they do matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of who created them. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to take that take that measure of hope along with them. You know, because so many people are taking themselves out of here because they they, they feel they have no other choice or opportunity. But just to know that regardless they are they hold a lot of value in the sight of god that's right. comforting yeah yeah i think um it's important for people to stay encouraged when they are trying to just go about their day-to-day too right you know right. um keep positive spirits and to have good time for reflection of their purpose yeah oh yeah there's enough stuff out here to make you crazy i tell you <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> Plenty. Um, well, Grandpa, right. it's good to have you back in the studio. Yeah. I know Maze has been like working really hard to get everything together, so I appreciate her for doing that. Yeah, we appreciate Maze and her Just... pro- producer abilities. <laughs> Who would have thought, Maze? Who would have thought? Hey, everybody's got a talent somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Producer abilities in. And uh, her um, uh, snack snack adventures. Yeah. Um, what's funny is I, I've been running into people and just talking to friends. And I actually have a couple of friends that have been listening to the podcast. And they're like, your, yeah, grandpa, your grandpa's so funny. And I think it's so great. Because um, <laughs> they always ask me, people are asking me, like, how's your grandpa? And I'm like, how do you know my grandpa? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be world yeah. famous. Um, so it's always, I'm looking forward to you guys getting mom on here. That's going to be hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> That's going to be an achievement. That's going to be. And it's, it's very interesting, though, because people ask me that because we talk about her so much. Right. And um, everyone's like, she sounds so interesting. Like, you know, they can't wait to, like, hear this this mystery woman behind the stories, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and I told her. I said, well, now you're going to be on there sooner or later. So don't take up all the time. No, I think whatever, whatever day that we get grandma to come on here, I'm going to like just yeah. be off that whole day. I'm just going to be ready. That whole day. We'll, we'll turn it into three episodes if we have to. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to. I'll just let her, I'll just let her keep going. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to take chance that she might not come back. <laughs> she might be a one-time deal, you know, just uh, knowing who she is and how she is. She might be a one-time deal. Yeah, you, that one time I'm sure you can divide that time into three or four sections. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she knows to talk now. Art. She don't talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. she's, she's, I mean, she's so smart. She's got so much to say, but it's always good stuff. So that's why I love yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're, it's on our, it's on our, we're, we're going to call it our I Got Gas Bucket List, you know? Yeah, you go. Um, hashtag get grandma on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Trey, thanks for joining us. You're more than welcome. Yeah, um, I appreciate it, Trey. Had fun. We're so Enjoyed excited it. to have you because we've had we all the siblings. Again. So we can cross we can do it a off the list. All three of yes, us I would love oh, that. That would be hilarious. That might take longer than grandma. My sister might <laughs> <hang up. laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
I think that'll be fun. That'll be really fun. I everyone's excited to get on the podcast. You know, Autumn's already giving me her pitch for oh her goodness. podcast episode. You know, she's probably giving you like subject matter and everything. Yeah, she's know? giving me the pitch. No one yeah. Um, so I, I'm excited to have everybody on. I'm excited. We're also, you know, talking to the family in Memphis about having some folks in Memphis on. Um, so hopefully we can get outreach to everybody, you know, right? right. Do like a cousins episode or something like that, you know. Um, <laughs> that would also be fun. that would be really funny. <laughs> uh, so thank you for your patience. We've had a couple of weeks on and off, but hopefully we can get back into the groove for the summer. Yeah. Um, and keep a good stride. Um, but have a great week, everybody. You all right, safe. Talk to you later. Love you guys. Love you. Love you guys too. Bye bye. I Got Gas is recorded in front of a live audience, aka our producer and my little sister, Maisha Parrish. Special thanks to our creative directors, Letitia and Shanita Parrish. Shout out to our sound engineer and editor, Stephen Kinzorski. If you liked today's episode, please rate us on Apple Music or wherever you listen to your podcast.